Let's pray. Send down your Holy Spirit, O God. Tear open the veil of heaven and speak to us as your beloved children through the scriptures that we may hear and believe the good news of your word made flesh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the scripture text today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. Listen for God's word to us. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I've baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is my first time preaching in the new year. So let me begin by wishing you a spirit-filled and thriving 2021. Like so many of you and so many around the world, I was delighted to see 2020 come to an end. I had never lived through a pandemic before. Thank you, 2020. And then there were the other issues and challenges of last year, racism vividly on display in the George Floyd killing, wildfires that threatened and filled the skies with smoke, reminding us of the ecological crisis. You know it all. You were there in 2020. At our Christmas Eve 7 p.m. worship service, I love what Jennifer Stetson texted to my wife, Jill. The Stetson family was watching the 7 p.m. service from their car parked in the Knox parking lot. The service was projected on the big blow-up screen we'd brought in for the occasion. Jill and my daughter Lucy were watching from their car. For the 7 p.m. service, right as Annalise was displayed up on the screen reading a children's storybook about the shepherds, the projection went dark, the lights went out, and the blow-up screen collapsed to the shock of all in attendance, including me. This was all due to an overloaded electrical circuit, a problem we were quickly able to remedy. But watching all this from the parking lot just after the screen collapsed, Jennifer shot Jill a text that simply read, 2020, Lord have mercy, 2020. So I don't know about you, but I woke up January 1st, 2021 with a deep sense of relief. We'd made it through, I told myself. Sure, all the problems of the world were not solved, far from it. But with the news of the vaccine and other promising signs of change for the new year, I thought, welcome, 2021. 21. Then last week, I saw the news of ICUs filling up and of doctors even having to ration 
oxygen. I saw and felt the social isolation of this ongoing quarantine hit me like a punch in the gut. Then on Epiphany, January 6th, my daughter's birthday, I looked with horror, as so many of you did, to see our nation's capital stormed by rioters, believing a false narrative that the losing presidential candidate was actually the winning candidate. And I feared for our nation that struggles with common ground on what separates fact from fiction. New year, new issues, new anxieties, new struggles to face, and we are still weary from 2020. So how do we approach 2021? Here it is, upon us and clearly full of its own struggles to confront and opportunities to be God's faithful people. What mental model might we hold as Christians to frame the journey before us how might we imagine God's call to love God and neighbor in this new terrain of 2021? Well, as we look to the new year, let us first do what so many Christians all over the world are doing this Sunday. This is Baptism of the Lord Sunday. Let us look to how our Savior faced a new year, a new ministry, in fact, that he had before him full as it would be of challenges, struggles, and opportunities. Let us see how Jesus faced that challenge. You may have noticed that in Mark's gospel, the story of our Savior's life, it begins with his baptism. Baptism is where Jesus enters the scene according to Mark's gospel. And it happens before his public ministry, all the healing, teaching, feeding, reconciling, storm, stilling, evil, spirit, exercising, work lay ahead of Jesus. But before diving into all of that, look at what he does. He goes down to the Jordan River and gets baptized by John. He doesn't burst on the scene as if he were founding a whole new religion with no concrete ties to the Jewish faith of that people's past, his people's past. No, he steps into this renewal movement in first century Judaism led by John the Baptist. Now, John himself is not without precedent in the story of the people of Israel. John is painted in the unmistakable colors and hues of Elijah the prophet. John has the clothes of Elijah. He has the diet of Elijah living as Elijah often did out in the wilderness. And John does what the Hebrew prophets like Elijah so often do in scripture from out in marginal, liminal, wilderness spaces. They call the people and their rulers especially to repent. Repentance means to turn or change direction. To repent means to recognize you've been going the wrong way and turn towards the right way. It was a call to turn from idolatry and greed and oppression and turn to the way of God's commandments, God's shalom, God's justice, mercy, and love. Did Jesus personally have sins to confess when he went down to the river? Well, in Mark's gospel, Jesus is portrayed as forgiving sins, not committing them. 
Then the book of Hebrews proclaims that Jesus himself was without sin. But by being baptized in the Jordan River, Jesus is still even as one without sin, stepping into that great prophetic tradition of God's people. Then God's people again and again in the Hebrew scriptures are called by the prophets into this journey of turning or changing, repenting and knowing God's restoration. Jesus steps into the river of that great old tradition of the Jewish people. He joins them in this public display of repentance in the wilderness. It would be a life Jesus called others to in his public ministry, proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. But even as Jesus steps into that rich old tradition of the Hebrew prophets, it's clear in today's text something new is arriving with Jesus as well. John put it like this, I have baptized you with water, he said, but he, the one who is coming after me, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus is baptized, a new thing occurs. The very heavens open, the Spirit descends like a dove, and a voice proclaims, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. The baptism of Jesus, it portrays our Savior in his ministry as holding both something old and something new. He has one foot in the rich old tradition of the Hebrew prophets and one foot in a brand new future where God's own son walks the earth. One foot is in the old story of the Jewish people, one foot in a new messianic day. That is how Jesus is portrayed as he undergoes John's baptism and joins a movement of turning. In 2020, a word was often used to describe a major turning in an organization. I first heard this word used by a congregation member back in May or June of 2020. This member said to me, Matt, it seems like Knox has really pivoted. This member sounded positive, and so I took the statement as a compliment. But I was not yet familiar with the term pivot, at least as it is used in business language. When I heard pivot, I thought of that point or area around which something turns. I imagined a dancer where if they pivot, it means they turn. I thought he meant Knox had turned or changed, and we certainly had in 2020 shifting in our ministry and mission from an in-person to a remote format and tried to do that faithfully and creatively. I thought this member simply meant we'd change to face this new day. But I've since learned the term pivot implies not simply a turn, but a turn where one foot moves while the other stays planted. About a dozen years ago, Eric Reese wrote a piece about startups called Pivot. Don't jump to a new vision. Reese used the image not of a dancer, but of a basketball player. When a basketball player pivots, she or he keeps one foot firmly on the ground while the other foot moves to address new threats and look for new opportunities. Reese argued a good startup is like that. It keeps one foot planted in what the organization has done well in its past, but with the other foot, they turn. One foot planted, one foot changing. That's pivot in business terminology. 
And that kind of turning seems to me a helpful way to understand the ministry of Jesus as we see it inaugurated in today's passage. Jesus has one foot in the Jewish prophetic tradition of repentance and renewal. But he has another foot stepping into brand new terrain where God's own son walks the earth. But the Christ pivot, the kind of pivot we undertake as his followers, it has this quality that other organizations do not. The Christ pivot has the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, you recall water not only fell over him, but the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. John described the ministry of Jesus as baptizing people with Holy Spirit. A pivot for those of us who follow Jesus, a pivot for those of us who have died with him to our sins and risen with him to new life, a pivot for those of us who are joined with him by faith is a pivot in the spirit. It's a pivot where we don't change for our own personal benefit or success. It's a pivot where we change or rather are changed by the Holy Spirit to glorify God and to love others. We turn where the Spirit leads us and by the Spirit's power. We turn to God and God's commandments. We turn from sin and we do it by God working in us by the power of the Spirit. A Christian pivot is not simply a change or even a rooted change where one foot is planted and the other moves. Christian change is pivoting in the Spirit. Pivoting in the Spirit, that's our call in 2021. The new year will clearly hold struggles of plenty, so let's face them, pivoting in the Spirit. One foot in the rich tradition of the church that has gone before us, one foot in the new church we are becoming in all of that change and movement done by the power and prompting and in the direction the Holy Spirit leads us in. We have a challenge ahead of transitioning from remote ministry to some mix of remote and in-person. We're already preparing this sanctuary with cameras and equipment for live streaming, but it will take some experimenting, some pivoting in the spirit to do it well. We want to ensure those who attend in person and attend remotely can both be vibrant participants in a common worship life of this congregation. Our session has said in 2021, we'd love to see our church invited more deeply into the rich and rewarding work of our justice teams, addressing immigrant issues, housing issues, sustainability concerns, and racial justice. This calls for pivoting in the spirit. We've said as a session, we'd love to see more people knowing the sense of belonging you can have by participating in one of our small groups. And we'd love to see more people who are currently outside the Knox community welcomed warmly into the spirit-filled life in Christ we know together, a life we would love to share. All that calls for some serious pivoting in the spirit in 2021, staying planted in who we are, but shifting to become something new. God is calling us to be an all by the power of the spirit. 
with a new year. There's the challenge and opportunity to change our habits individually and corporately. We can adopt new prayer practices or physical exercises or a Sabbath rest discipline. Adapting so we can thrive in this new environment individually physically, mentally, and spiritually, adopting new practices or tweaking existing ones at God's prompting, that is pivoting in the spirits. And as a church, we have the ongoing call to engage with the world and its struggles, to exhibit the kingdom of God to the world as the great end of the church classically puts it. This last Wednesday, a Confederate flag was brought into the Senate chambers by individuals in that crowd of white rioters, a blatantly racist act. The actions of the rioters left several people dead and the electoral count temporarily halted. Some of those in the crowd were ostensibly carrying Bibles. Some carried banners that read, Jesus is my Savior. As a church, it reminded me we have some work to do in teaching and proclaiming what the Bible and the Savior it lifts up are really all about, what the gospel Jesus proclaimed is all about, and what love of God and neighbor are all about. We have some pivoting in the spirit to do in meeting the challenge of this new day, this new year ahead as Christians. But the great thing about pivoting in the Spirit, is that you don't do it alone. The Spirit is with you, working in you. The body of Christ is with you. Sisters and brothers are with you. And the Savior is with you, the one who gave his life that you may know forgiveness of sin and the lavish embrace of a loving God. May you indeed have a spirit-filled and thriving 2021 as you pivot in the spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.